Fractal Cut! <laughs> we are back in the studio. My name is Josh DiMatteo, here with Matt Beatty. You're tuned into Backdoor Cut. Uh, Jake Eisenberg is not with us today. He is in... Where is he in the world this he's, week? I believe he's in Bali. Bali this week, this week right. Yeah. Um, just a re- quick recap for those who like to follow Jake's journeys. He was in Australia. Then he went to America. Then he came back to Australia, went to New Zealand. Then I believe he came back to Australia again. Now he's gone to Bali. And then he'll be back in Australia again. He should be with us next he week. He should be with in us next studio, week. Yeah. He's a bit of a his traveler. voice again next week. Um, big things in Jake's world as well. Sitting next to Lucy Zelich at the desk last Wait, week. He's leaving us behind. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we have photo evidence of that. <laughs> <laughs> Not photoshopped happen. at yeah. all. Um, so we'll see how that goes. That's awesome though. Lucy Zelich, for those that don't know, a famous and renowned football broadcaster in Australia, one of the best we've got. And Jake was right there beside her, word for word. Mate, just trying to drop some basketball knowledge, trying to learn her up a little bit. Yeah. Um, apologies if we seem flat at all this episode. Maccas have a deal going at the moment. <laughs> two quarter, two small quarter pounder meals, is it, Beatty? Uh, today it was, yes. To, that's yeah, what it, was it changes today. every day, yes, of course. Of course. Um, two dollars, uh, two quarter pounder meals for eight dollars. Bargain. Obviously, we're not feeling too crash hot after that. But without further ado, let's get into it. What do you want to bring up first? Uh, let's talk about Portland. I think. Oh, way to start on a down note. Yeah, let's, we're going to go down. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like Portland. I'm I a like huge the idea fan of Portland. Of Dame Lillard. I, I love the fact that every year people will knock them and uh, this is the year that they're going to not make the playoffs and they've got to split CJ and Dame. And I, this is, they've started really slow. They've been sluggish and obviously injuries have hurt. Nurkic is, it won't be back until what? after the All-Star break at yeah, least. Yeah, and, th- and that's if he comes if back he comes the same back. afterwards. Uh, Zach Coll- they've lost Zach Collins now for Another a long-term long one. They're, they're small in the front court. And uh, on the wings, I would say. Yeah, and the, I mean, when Rodney Hood is like your, your premier wing, there's there's questions to, to be asked. Yeah, it's, and he is their premier. Like, yeah. they lost Al Farouk Aminu, they lost Mo Harkless, Mo Harkless yeah. they lost Evan Turner. None of these guys are world beaters, but three of them... That's like some decent wing depth. These yeah. are guys that you can throw out there. They play make. They can rebound the ball, defend hard. They're valuable guys. And now they're all gone. Yeah. You got Anafi Simmons soaking up minutes. And it I mean, isn't too bad. The dudes, but... Yeah. I mean, to be putting that much expectation yeah. on a twenty-year-old, it's it's asking too much. And I mean, what Mario Hazonia? Like, it's not. Oh. They haven't managed to really replace that depth that they've and lost. I don't even know what's going on with Hazonia because he played one game, started power forward of all positions, played the whole match, essentially, and then the next game, bottom of the bench, lowest minutes on the team. What's the go? Did he just, like... This uh, is, he's, he's got a long history Story of, of his now. career, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I mean, and even in the front court, like, Hassan Whiteside, uh, we could talk about that. Whiteside for... is a joke. I, I think it was... Was it Charles Barkley that went off on Whiteside? Uh, I don't know. I, I missed it. If oh. he, if well, he, he did. did. He yeah. was just calling him a waste of money and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> But he is like, what's he giving them right now? Well, yeah, I mean, everyone kind of was questioning that that move for him to for Portland to trade for him and to bring him in, and I guess my hope was that maybe the culture in Portland would sort of bring him into line and yeah, try and get I, the best out of him. It seemed like they yeah. were confident that would be the case, and my ideal scenario was Dame running the pick and roll with Whiteside, Whiteside being the big bouncy center, 
dominates the glass, gobbles up all the rebounds, put back dunks, all that jazz, and it's just not happening. He's still collecting, you know, reasonable amount of rebounds a game, but he's not I've seen plays this year where he literally doesn't defend. Oh, he's literally a, doesn't yeah, defend. Yeah, he's the ultimate sort of stat sheet guy, box score guy. But yeah, he just stands there. Like you said, on defense. And for a team that they need a center that can defend because... no one else on the team can. Yeah, perimeter-wise, they're, they're not the strongest defensive team. So that's what Nurkic was so good at, was sort of cleaning up in the in the back line. And Whiteside just doesn't do that. He doesn't play... Like you said, he doesn't play any defense. None. Yeah. For a guy that can get five blocks a game if he wants yeah. to... Like, it's shocking how little defense he plays. And he's used to hold records for how low he would keep people shooting at the rim. And it's just gone. The interest isn't there. Maybe it was the heat culture that was propping him up. No, but I mean, I think even there, the reason why the heat was so happy to offload was obviously they had enough of him. They had Bam Adebayo there who obviously... Free Bam. Better, yeah, higher culture guy just buying into whatever Spolstra wanted him to do. Whereas Whiteside, I mean, this has been a knock on Whiteside's the whole career. Even when he was on the Kings, like it's he's just a, he's just one of those selfish sort of a dudes that only cares about him and his and his stats. Yeah, it might. Well, I guess he would never openly admit. Oh, of course that, not. Yeah, like, yeah. The proof is in the pudding. His play isn't very uh, conducive to winning. To winning, basketball. yeah. And I mean, I don't think that fits in with what Port- I mean. Obviously, Portland are trying to win. Yeah, Dame- and I know you said. Every year there's those guys that are like, this is the year they got to split it up. But honestly, I really do think they have to split it up this think, year. No, we'll see. Okay, if this is the thing for Portland now this season, I mean, I, I think they have to be active in the trade market the, the closer we get to the deadline. I think if you can address, probably if anything, I would try and address the wing situation more than the center situation. I mean, I'm really sort of fingers crossed for Nurkic. They need him to come back. And I don't think yeah, I don't think you're going to get what sort of center are you going to be able to get on a on the trade market or in a sort of free agency buyout market? Like I, I don't I don't think that there's anyone there. I mean nothing that comes to mind like off the top of my head. Like whereas with the center, with the wing, you know, Gallinari is a guy that I think is is prime. Yeah, there's He's a few guys on the that, on that team. can help this team, whether they are open to trade like what does Portland have to offer outside it, of splitting have to be, up it's yeah. big two well that's the other thing and I mean obviously so, like, as you mentioned I feel like no one wants white side Portland oh definitely sure. not Port, but in Portland really sort of they rate Simons and they kind of want to hold on to him and I don't think they'd be really reluctant to sort of put him in a, in a package to trade for someone so beyond that like it's it's, it's future assets I, I guess yeah well we'll see how Portland's situation pans out over the next couple of weeks but early signs are not looking promising. Similarly, one that's really disappointed me because I was expecting like top of the standing stuff from them is Philly. We were all talking up their massive long D <laughs> earlier <laughs> in the oh preseason. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like their team is too big now. Their players are clogging up the lanes there's no ball movement there's no shooting they're stagnant it's chunky and clunky and ugly ugly is what i want to say they're they're forcing al horford to hit like fadeaway threes which is most decidedly not his game i I, we sort of talked a bit in our group chat in the lead up to the recording this week and I mean, this is all stuff that we everyone Anyone was talking about Philly that. last season. Yeah, yeah. Even I mean, Jimmy Butler was kind of the one thing on that on that team last year that, in a late game situation, if you just needed someone to get a bucket by himself, create a bucket for him, so that was Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And now they don't have that. 
And I mean, Josh Richardson is not quite that guy. And as you yeah, said, Josh Richardson's a great player. Where yeah. no one's knocking Josh, but they're the they've put him in a position now where Josh Richardson needs to be like this break down the defender, hit a step back three. No one else on the on the floor can hit an open three. Like JJ Reddick's gone. All yeah. these guys. That Reddick's could... a huge. That dude averaged I think nearly twenty points last season. Yeah, and it's it's not just the points he was scoring. It was the fact that he was running that three point line and creating a big chasm yeah. of space no for space someone in. like Ben to run into. Now you got Al Horford and Joel Embiid in each other's way, and Ben has to somehow duck through both of them to be able to get to the rim because he can't shoot at all. I've been saying it for a long time. I think Ben Simmons is a center cast as a point guard, and currently Philly are running out lineups with three centers. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm at that point now where I, I just I, I think the roster composition, they just don't have the right mix, the right balance of, of roster. Like you said, the skill set is too much of an overlap with 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 center skill set. I mean, I mean, Ben has everything except the shooting. Mm. Like he has all the guard stuff. It's just the shooting. He doesn't have that. And in the way that the basketball is played in 2019, you need to be able to shoot if you're a backcourt player, a guard. Yeah, or or your big men are really good shooters. Essentially, there's only space on the floor for, for one, one non-shooter. Yeah. And for as much as Joel Embiid can jack him up, he can't shoot. He's not a good shooter, yeah. For as much as Al Horford can shoot, he's not a volume shooter. Yeah, yep. He's a guy that will like make the smart shot. Josh Richardson's not a volume shooter. Very I mean, similar to Al. Tobias Harris is kind a of secondary. Been, he's been MIA shot. this season, yeah, really, like, since he signed that that contract. And the thing is, what's Tobias Harris meant to do? He's like, there's no space for him to work in. Yeah. He can't like work on the block because there's fucking seven footers. Well, yeah, <laughs> in I mean, his way. again, he's sort of miscast. Like it's not his. He he's there for the spacing, but he himself is not that. Yeah. Top echelon sort of a shooter. So. Yeah. The the roster is just it's broken and they they need I I just don't see this roster making a splash in in the postseason. Could there be a trade that fixes both Philly yeah. and Portland's woes? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean the thing with Philly is that someone's going to have to come and make a big decision at some point, right? Whether it's Elton Brand or whether it's Brett Brown, uh, something has to happen because. I just I think they're going to run it back, and the same thing's going to happen again. And we've seen it with teams in recent history. I mean, the Thunder. We were sort of talking about the Thunder and that KD, Harden, Westbrook, like never actually managed to get to the top of the mountain. And mm. I mean, even a bit more recently, the Clippers, Lob City, like same sort of deal. Where I mean, the Clippers case, right? They were always lacking that sort of that that wing sort of three guy. They've had Matt Barnes for ages, and they just didn't have someone who could just shoot at a high enough cliff clip to sort of give Griffin the space and CP the space to do what they needed to do and I think with Philly it's a similar sort of thing they just don't have they just need more shooting they you, need do you reckon there's anything in a CJ McCollum for Tobias Harris swap I think it's I think Tobias is not it doesn't move the needle either way I think for Philly it probably does help a bit but even then like you're going to have instances where what CJ and Ben and Al or Joel are all on the floor, and it's like, well, how many? Who's going to stand in the dunker spot there? Yeah, you've got Joel parked out on the three point line, and you've got Al parked out on, on in the other corner. Like it's just to accommodate Ben because Ben doesn't want to shoot. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm against trading CJ. I know everybody is on that, and they want to split them up. I, I think Portland's got to hold on, but for Philly, like I. I don't even know like what other spitball kind of ideas you could well, throw out there. The problem is, and like, 
I'm a big fan of Al Horford. Yeah. We all are painfully aware of that. But with Al on the court now, that Ben and Joel Embiid were like barely coexisting as it as was. As a what, yeah. And now you've got another guy the size of them in the way between them. Like, it, you can't have the three guys that big on the court. It just can't happen. And, like, you can't not play Embiid because he's a monster. So Al's the four guy. Well, is you, is he just Al, arrived. Are you sure Al's the four guy? Well, is it not Ben? You Do you think there's... Ben Simmons. You don't think so? Nah, he's like for as much as he can't shoot, there are things he can do better than anyone. Yeah, you know? but if if you could get a top level point guard coming back in, why not? Who's the guy then? Well, yeah, that's another question. Like, right? who, who's who's at the level that he could be traded for Ben Simmons? Yeah, I think there's probably a gap. I mean, and then the the big sort of point guard trade targets this season really look like Kyle Lowry. Yeah. I mean, if any team is happy to stomach Chris Paul's contract, it's probably those two guys. And Kyle I don't, Lowry would have been a great pickup for this Sixers side. But I, I don't think that if if someone like Ben is not going to be, if you if he's part of the package that you're giving up, I, that's where it's lopsided now, right? Yeah, because you need something of equal value at yeah. least. I, and like you're not going to ship out Joel Embiid because you've got to face him sooner or later yeah if anyone yeah I think it's Ben if you're going to ship someone out but it, it's more I just don't know if they're going to I don't think they have the stomach to, to make that decision and I think they're going to ride out what they have and they might make the they might make the finals it mm. still might be good enough in the east to be honest to make the yeah. finals I mean defensively they still need a bit of that continuity because there's a lot of new guys on the court new styles of play it takes time I understand that it's offense that I'm nervous because they just don't look like they're able to score. I mean, the other thing, and I sort of said when I touched on with between Elton Brand and, and Brett Brown, like coaching-wise, there's definitely, I think, if if they keep looking ugly, I'll use yeah, the word ugly. They need ugly. a scheming coach. They well, need yeah. a, a, like a game plan. The buzz, the, buzz, the buzz around Brett Brown will continue to grow. Yeah, because you can't have just like a motivator when the product on the court is just flat out not working. And with, and um, that's where, I mean, Brett Brown's probably in the most difficult spot right now of just about any coach in the league because he's got an immense amount of talent in his roster, but it doesn't quite fit together. And sort of finding that fit, making it fit together, is that's basically his job. And to this point, he hasn't had success with it. For argument's sake, just hypothetical, yeah. who in the league would be an adequate trade for Ben? Well, you need... Like, it, it, De'Aaron Fox, or are we aiming even higher I, I think you need to aim higher, but you need someone that can shoot. You need someone in particular who is strong shooting the ball. I, I mean, even... Yeah, I don't know. It's That's a tough one. It's really tough. Like, Ingram, maybe? Nah, it needs to be a point guard. It needs to be It needs to be a point guard. Far out. I, I, it's not too, not too many. So the other thing as well, and I, I think realistically they, they won't trade Ben at least this season. That's not realistically like they're not, no, they they're won't. not going to trade no. Ben this season, but it's just, I I'm done with this fit. I'm done with this team. I'm done with Joel and Ben together. Like I don't think they can win. And I, I, I agree with you. I don't think they would, if they had to choose one, they're going to choose Joel. I think you should choose Joel. He's the yeah, center. I mean, like you pick the most dominant center in the league yeah. over the point guard that can't shoot. Yeah. Regardless of how talented he may be. Yeah. But then, if it came to my, but this is my other thing with Ben, right? And I mean, this is such like trodden ground. We've talked about this so much, but like, I just don't see. I don't know what system or what team or under what coach where he will have the environment to succeed. It would literally, it would only be somewhere like Dallas, where they have a 
coach that will find a way to make sure Ben is surrounded by four shooters at all times. But see, are you saying Dallas right now? They're absolutely. He would not fit on Dallas right now. I reckon he would. How he he doesn't need he doesn't have the ball. Oh yeah, Luca's well, got the ball. What are you what, talking what about? about? Luca, would that be a decent trade? Dallas is not trading Luca. Yeah. He's one of the most untradeable guys in the league. <laughs> well, I'm saying like because they have a seven foot guy. That no, can block that's shots, rubbish. Protect the rim, absolutely. Shoot the ball. Ben's useless off the ball, and you want to put him Tim on a team. Yeah, man, I don't know. See, the Timber was a tricky one because I think Cat is theoretically Cat kind of fits, right? Because mm-hmm. that dude can shoot and offensively he can spread the floor. Andrew Wiggins, I mean, Andrew Wiggins has come yeah. out hot Whoa. this season. Yeah, right. I don't want to get too. I don't want to go off too early on this, <laughs> MVP. but like, yeah, the, the, I mean, the Wolves have been plucky, right? <laughs> and I mean, obviously, on face value, Ben is a huge upgrade for Jeff Teague, but it's I just I my point there is more. I just feel like Ben's skill set is not. It's not there. It's not there to the point of being one of the best point guards in the league. I mean, Steph Curry, best point guard in the league. The dude can shoot from range. Mm. Dame Lillard can shoot from range. Like Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, these guys can all shoot from deep. If you were to start a franchise today and had your pick of Trey Young or Ben Simmons, who would you pick? That's a really good question. (laughs) I mean, put it this way. I think you can build... You obviously have to have, they're the focal point, right? They're the centerpiece, and you're building with them in mind. Yeah. But I, this is the point with Ben. I think yeah, he, that he, they had Joel. You got to play, but you yeah. got to play Ben as, like you said, as a four or a five at center because you you can't rely on him to shoot. Yeah. So you or can't. If you do play him at point guard, you need fours and fives that can step all the way out. Yeah. A Larry Markkinen, someone that gets literally all the way out all of the way. way. So Ben can he can play point guard and still get to the rim yeah. if he was a center. I mean. To, to pivot to Atlanta, like, yeah, Trey Young's a beast. Mm. I mean, this that whole dynamic with the Trey-Luca trade or the Atlanta-Dallas da- trade. I call and it like, the coolest trade of all time. Well, it, it works <laughs> in so and yeah. for both teams on so many levels. Yeah. And, I mean, it. I really I don't know whether this will ever happen, but if we ever get an Atlanta-Dallas oh. final series sometime <laughs> in the yeah, next decade. trade? <laughs> exactly, yeah, we'll get, a, we'll get an answer, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, Atlanta have been really fun to watch this season, and Trey absolutely he can stretch the floor, man. Mm. You know, I would. Oh, I don't want to say it. Yeah. You could, you could starting with Trey, you have an easier entrance into a lot more competitive teams. Yeah, if I, you start with Ben, then you got to be really particular about who you pick to put around him. Definitely, Trey, yeah. Trey, you could put anyone. A bit next more to flexible, guy, yeah. And he'd be unreal. In saying, I mean, in saying all of that, right? Ben Simmons is the one who played in the yep, All Star game last exactly. year. Ben Simmons played in the playoffs. Exactly. Trey's not touched the playoffs yet. I just, uh, it, I think we're talking as Australian basketball fans who only want to see Ben Be reach the, the full, yeah, fullest yeah, of his I potential, know, and it's yeah. All right. Well, how's this for a segue? Hey, who's more effective in the league today? Today, what's the date? Fourteenth of November, twenty nineteen. Fifteenth. Fifteenth of November, twenty nineteen. Is Ben Simmons? Or Aaron Baines more effective as Australia's premier basketball Big expert. banger Baines! Yeah, 100%. Aaron Baines has been balling out for Phoenix. I can't believe this. I mean, we've talked about it every week since the season started, basically. But Phoenix has just been off the chain yeah, this yeah. season. Like, um, it must have been my trash talking. Like, I must have 
you are the oracle, something mate. something in you, somewhere here. You saw it a year, <laughs> year out, and then now it's happening. You sprinkled your dust, yeah. and Monty Williams yeah. is rocked in the town. I didn't wait for it to grow, that's all. Oh. I, I jumped in too quickly. But Devin Booker looks, dare I say it, great. <laughs> I know, dude. Say it, dude. Yeah. He's been great. Ricky Rubio has been like... The missing ingredient they didn't know they needed. Well, they knew they needed a point guard, but like they didn't well, know they needed Ricky Rubio. huge concerns about Rubio. I mean, yeah. Ru- the whole knock on I Rubio. Was oh, I was. I had given up on Rubio. Yeah. Someone who loves Rubio. I, like, I have a Wolves Rubio jersey. But not just that. I thought he's taking the ball out of Devin Booker's hand. No, but... I was about that. I think that aspect of it is fine. Like, I think you needed that. I think you were I didn't asking. Know they you were that. asking too much of Devin Booker to be the point guard yeah. and to sort of lay the table for. He, he's a shooting guard. He's yeah. an off guard, right? And look how good he is curling around those screens yeah man the, Aaron Baines screens big, big Baines screens <laughs> yeah, good bro. luck getting around no the, the other thing though man they're setting out like setting out pin downs for Aaron Baines to shoot this. like Devin yeah. Booker setting the screen for Baines at yeah. the top of the key but my point with Rubio like the knock on him has been his shooting again there's another point guard bigger point guard who just can't shoot and has never been able to consistently sort of string together like a good stretch of, yeah, of high clip too, shooting because like you, you look at his percentages sometimes and you're like they're not that bad at all. What's all the hubbub about? But it's on one night, they could be not that bad at all. And then the next night, he couldn't hit a barn door. And that's the inconsistency. The final season average might look okay, but the fluctuation yeah. from night to night is like... And I mean, he's not... not something he's one of those on. dudes who, from the perimeter, he's never been, like I said, never been consistent. And putting the ball on the floor and trying to finish in traffic at the rim, he's never been a good sort of finisher when there's tall timber around near the near the rim. Never been good on his offhand, on his left hand, trying to finish the rim. But he can shoot free. Like, um, there's a, that sort of consensus about shooting free throws translating to, to shooting jump shots. And, I mean, he's a really good free throw shooter. And when he can get to the line, like, he will kill teams. Like It's a little bit like James Harden where he'll just kill you. To, he'll put you to sleep just getting fouls. But he, he that shooting has always been a big concern on him. But, obviously, in the early parts of this season, it hasn't really affected the Suns' form at all. Like, yeah, well, like, I... I I feel bad that I didn't acknowledge how much good shooting they had on the team. Like, I, to be fair, I didn't expect the I don't Aaron think, Baines. I don't think anyone, the Bane <laughs> stuff is like, his usage is way higher than he's ever had in yeah. his NBA And career. like, his the minutes signs were there. At, at Boston, Baines was often their best big on the court. And like, he would space the floor, he would put smart passes out there. Hard screens, rebound well, defend well. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. I purely think it's just opportunity. Like, he's gotten the minutes. Yeah, and he's it's like Monty Williams is just like, well, why are we keeping you on this short leash? Well, I That's- think he was kind of pushing a corner with the Aiton suspension, right? Like, let's be real there. But I, to, even before Aiton was suspended, the first couple good, yeah. of games, Bainsey still killed it. I think they recognized it very early on. Like, this guy can play. They're just a real stretchy. Like, even put Baines aside, like, Dario Saric can hit the three. Frank Kaminsky can hit the three. Kelly Oubre. Oubre can hit the three. Like Tyler Johnson. Yeah, they can all kind of shoot. On the bench as well. None of them are like, probably Booker is the only one who's real, like, lights out. We got to get someone in front of this dude. But if they are, if they're on and they're good looks, they've just been hitting them. They're all kind of red hot right now. Even Kaminsky. Where the hell did that, like, yes, he can shoot. But where did that come from? Well, the, I mean, yeah, Frank's... Exactly. Like, it's... I mean, again, he's another beneficiary of Aiton being out. And I think this team's only going to get better when Aiton comes back, right? Yeah, like, like, they still have DeAndre Aiton to come back and add to all this. Like, could not be more impressed. Monty Williams, if this holds up, needs to be in Coach of the Year talks. Because they were... I mean... Absolute dumpster fire last I, year. I, I think they're a genuine case for, a, like, an eight seed now, right? Yeah, it could be. 
I mean, assuming that it sort of continues, yeah, I think they're way better than what they have been the last few seasons. Yeah, it's like Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns, renowned friends. They this off season decided we're going to play mean this year. We're going to actually, you know, try and get in people's grill a little bit, and they're both better off for it. The Wolves are playing well. Phoenix is playing great. It also helps that Phoenix got these really strong veterans in. Like, Surich and Bainsey aren't going to take shit from some kid that doesn't want to play D. Yeah. Rubio's the same. He's like, what are you doing, man? Like, I guess Phoenix getting to a point where they can put enough guys out there without Devin Booker and still play decent basketball has kind of spurred on everything. They're ready to go. Mate, I'm just I'm I can't believe that I'm watching Phoenix Suns basketball yeah. to be honest because I've not watched that much of them the last few years. Yeah, and I haven't like not since Dragic and Isaiah Thomas that, or the whatever. Three, it was. The, the dreaded three point yeah. guard lineup. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Similarly, another team. Well, to be fair, not quite similarly because we didn't expect anything of Phoenix and they've been pretty good. But a team that we expected to not come out of the blocks this hot is the Los Angeles Lakers. In our over-under special, we extensively chatted this one because talent-wise, all of us agreed they can blow off anyone on the court on any night if they chose to. But in the regular season, are they going to be resting, you know, pumping the brakes a little bit, cruising till the playoffs? And that doesn't seem to be the case. It, they've run off to, like, what is it, a 9-1 record or something? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, they're strong, man. LeBron and AD, like any team with them two guys, and I mean... But it's not just them two. Their, their supporting cast has been stepping up. Like, Kuz even I think it's helped that Kuz is back, obviously, to get another body that can kind of stretch the floor a little bit. I I mean, Danny Green has been... He's been up and down, but yeah. he's been, for the most part... Avery you, you Bradley's respect been him, right? defending great, even though his shot hasn't always been on. I think the big surprise as well, the Lakers, is that defensively they are... When they're switched on, they're really good. Oh, and Dwight Howard. Oh, Dwight's, yeah. What the hell crazy. happened? Like, I haven't seen Dwight play with this ferocity since 2010, 2011. Like, I have no idea what's gotten into him. I have no idea where this has been the past five, six years, through his whole tenure with Houston, through his first day with the Lakers. I have no idea. But Dwight Howard is back, and he looks like a monster. He's out there like rotating as if he's back on the Stan Van Gundy magic team. He's like getting in front of all the shots, swallowing all the rebounds, putbacks, blocks. I don't know what, what's gotten into Dwight Howard. I think, I mean, obviously the dude just lost a heap of weight and he's... That's it? Like, when, no, well, why think, didn't you lose weight before? I think he's at this point where like no one, he was, this is his last contract. Yeah. And he needed to make it count. Because like you said, you rattled off Houston and the first time he was at LA, I mean... Charlotte, like... Charlotte, Atlanta. Atlanta. Washington, like yeah. <laughs> he's he's got some jerseys in his wardrobe now yeah. from different teams. And I, I think the sort of goodwill of his... You know, his initial Orlando days where, you know, that guy made the finals and was an MVP yeah. candidate, that expired. At some point amongst those that cluster fuck of teams, that expired. And he's now, he's the second, the sloppy seconds for the Lakers who needed to pick up a big because DeMarcus Cousins is out for the season. Yeah, and if Dwight's playing like this... Cousins can stay out like well, they don't I mean, need that. yeah, I mean, I mean, this guy is playing for his career, and so far this season he's been red hot. He's been everything that you want out of a big in modern NBA. Yeah, and the the thing is, 
they can realistically actually trot out a lineup with Dwight, Anthony Davis, and LeBron. Because Anthony Davis and LeBron, unlike in Philly, they can break players down off the dribble. They Mate, can play the pick and roll. They JaVale can shoot. McGee in there too. JaVale McGee was a plus 30 yesterday. Highest on the team by far and away. Was it, and I mean, this is kind of to tie it back to what we're talking about at the start. Like, I think one of the big question marks with the Lakers, and I think you were just about to touch on it, like lack of shooting, lack of space with having this big lineup. But obviously when it's LeBron and AD, you got to respect them a bit more than what whatever the Sixers are doing because they're having this success. They're able to sort of make it work. And I, I don't really even think this is down to sort of a Frank Vogel is running good stuff. Like Frank no, Vogel's just, an okay coach, but he's not. I think out. it's just talent winning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, this is where it's, I mean, it's so frustrating to then watch the Sixers because it's like, well, I feel like you have similar levels of talent. You just can't get The it difference to go. is the Sixers don't have Danny Green. They don't have Avery Bradley. They don't have these yeah, but, plug and play three and D guys who actually but, can hit. I mean, a three. I don't. Avery Bradley's not a three and D guy. Well, well uh, that, definitely, you know, I'll give you Danny idea, Green. Danny the Green. The idea of Avery Bradley is a three and D guy. I, I just think that that. I mean, Danny Green is very important for that team. Mm. I, I I don't know. I think a, a lot of it is just LeBron, right? It's LeBron, and, LeBron, and this yeah, guy's just a, he's the man. He's the best to ever do it. IMO, IMO, <laughs> but like that, there has to be that. Like, obviously, there's a big jump there between pretty much anyone else in the league. So, and I mean, if AD's on, he's probably the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. I know Giannis has probably got something to say about that, but like they've just got talent. And it's, I think that they're going to be able to both load manage plus win enough games this regular season to sort of be fresh for the playoffs. Rondo just came back. He had a really solid first game back. We're getting strong um, Alex Caruso minutes. He's playing well. <laughs> like the joke all we want. The guy like deserves to be out there. Yeah. Um, if you've got this team full of, contributors helping out stars like it's a winning formula and there's been games of lakers i've watched this year where if you asked me who played great in that game i'd be like i don't really know but they won by 20 yeah like they're just cruising cruising and if it picks up this way and stays this way to the end of the season it's going to be a hella interesting couple of semi-finals and finals in the Western Conference. It's a bit, I don't want to, it's a big question to chew off, but I'll just throw it out there now. How do you think that they've, from what we've seen so far this season compared to the Clippers, like who do you think is is in a better position? It's so hard to say because I think Paul Jaw's coming back Coming back, he's going to start to his season debut today, yeah. So like we haven't really seen the Clippers yet. Full strength, final form Clippers. We haven't seen like what the playoff Clippers are going to be Clippers. I mean, they've looked great. So far, although they've dropped a couple of games, they've dropped a few games have. here and there. Yeah, not that it really matters. matters yeah, um, Montrez and Lou Williams still have their chem going. Like nothing happened. But even I mean, like Lou's been quite. He hasn't been that good this season. Oh, uh, he's had his games. He's had a couple of off games. Yeah, though. but I mean, that's what Lou. Williams well, yeah, and no, I mean, again, that's November. But it's more just like I don't know. I think everyone's kind of got that in the back of their mind come playoffs time that this, these two teams will meet at some point. And it, for basketball, it would be I huge. I hope so. I hope so. Like the Staples Center will be rocking for maybe, well, definitely, what, four games? Yeah. Could be, could be seven games. Yeah, you just, would think it'd be seven. If it's yeah. like Kawhi, Paul George, LeBron, Anthony Davis, it's got to be a seven-game series. And if it's not, big ramifications. <laughs> <laughs> but like even the Rockets are playing, like they're another team where talent's kind of just winning out. There's lots of games. They're very like, dude. I I some games Russ is hot. Some games James Harden is hot. I like, bought a heap of Rocket stock after the first week. I was all in on Westbrook. I'm fully on board, 
And then they've had some absolute stinker games. Yeah, where like and Cardinals needed to score 50, 60 points to pull them out of the And hole. no, and they've conceded. What, what was that game where they got absolutely walloped? Was it against Washington or... Oh, so, the 160. That was crazy. Yeah, come on, man. You'll be doing better than that. Yeah. I mean, they got some injury problems. Eric, Eric Gordon's just been... I yeah. think he's out for like a month now. Yeah. They got Ben McElmore playing in it, his He's playing his spot. a lot of McElmore minutes. <laughs> um, I Yeah, I, don't, I think they'll be... Of course, they'll be... I mean, anything with Harden on it is going yeah, to go. And this is the thing. It already looks like they're going to cruise through the regular season, have a great end-of-the-year record, and then the playoffs are going to come. They're going to get figured out real quick, and they're going to get bounced first, second round, just like we all predicted. I would love to be proven wrong, but it, I just don't see... There's no there's no semblance of anything when these guys step out there. It's just, righto, James, Russ, figure it out. You guys got enough talent win us the game and they have been but once a proper half court game plan needs to come in we're like what's the go who has the ball in his hands is Russ going to shoot the Rockets it's out m- of the yeah. game I, it's more I think D'Antoni's not he's got a tremendous talent in James Harden yeah. and I, I think that in, a, in the regular season he's able to do it but the whistle sort of He's not getting the whistles in the in the playoffs as yeah, much. Yeah, it's a bit tougher out there. Yeah. Like you can't just get these little slap on the wrist fouls that you were during the regular season. And like, I actually I heard a stat yesterday, and I think it was in the James Harden through the first ten or eleven games or whatever it's been, has scored more points than anyone over the past fifty years, which was like when players were averaging yeah. forty. Yeah, I mean, he he could he could average forty this year. Yeah. I have he, no he's doubt. Actually. That he could. Probably the best scorer we've ever seen. Yeah, even over MJ, all that kind of jazz. Well, I mean, just he's he's taken that sort of he's the analytic sort of wet dream in that yeah. sense because like, it's just free throws and, and three pointers, right? I was watching his highlights. There's nothing about the guy that screams, "I should dominate basketball." You watch him play, and he kind of like waddles past people. His body type doesn't look like it's particularly hyper athletic or anything like that. His handle's not the smoothest. Not, nothing about him screams, I'm the best offensive player in 50 years. But then you go and watch him and he just gets it done. He Euro steps around him, he gets to his spots, lights out shooting. He was hitting like 40 yard, 40 yard, 40 feet threes off the pull up yesterday. It's like possession after possession. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's just such. The inconsistency is just so alarming to me, though. And as much as I, I've really enjoyed watching Houston this season, because I think it's more because of Russ than it is of, of Harden. We sort of we've already had a few seasons of Harden and watching him and the Rockets. Are, they kind of were a little bit of a bore team to watch for most of that. But Russ comes in and it's kind of added a new element for me. And I, I've enjoyed watching Russ this season on the Rockets. But I I I don't know. I think you kind of the question marks are still there come playoffs. Yeah, time nothing's for sure. changed. Yeah. Um, before we bounce out, quick update at the top of the West. How is the Utah Jazz going as our resident My, Jazz I reporter? love the Jazz. I think that they're quietly just humming along. They won a back... Conley's picked his they shot won, up a They won bit. both legs of a back-to-back this week. They're, they're just getting the results that they need to get. Conley's starting to build some chem with Gobert. Bogdanovich is like asserting himself a little bit. Yeah. If anything, the biggest concern for me is Ingles. Oh, and his want you to say it. His offensive... Like, he's just... I mean... Coming off the bench now, obviously they're starting Royce O'Neal. You kind of probably want a little bit more. You want more points. You want more offensive sort of strike power from Ingles. And Ingles has never really been that guy. Like he's never been able. He's not going to go and get you an automatic twelve or fourteen or sixteen 
any game. Like he can score that for sure, but like he's not going to do it consistently night in, night out. And I think from a six man, I mean the sort of perennial six man of the year, Lou Williams, lights out scorer. Can he can put forty on you on any given night? You know, Joe's not going to do that. Joe's sometimes Joe might duck egg. He might get nothing. I mean, yeah. he, he'll be really strong and he'll play like thirty five minutes and he'll he'll rack up a few assists and just have a real good influence on the game. But it doesn't show up in the box score. And I, I mean, I think the shot will come. I definitely think the shot will come and the the looks that he's got, he's going to get and has been getting, they're good looks because, I mean, obviously Conley just adds another element for mm. them. And Donovan has just There's been good. There's so like, many dudes on the court that yeah. can get jingles open. And he himself can get himself yeah. open. Like, he's a smart player, playmaker too. I, I mean, of the two sort of, I want to call them sleeper teams, they shouldn't be sleeper teams, but the Jazz and the Nuggets, like I, I think that the Jazz, have they've looked stronger earlier in this, what, Two weeks in, three weeks into the season, they've just they're just humming along. I think the Nuggets, Jokic has sort of come back a bit un, uh, overweight, I should say. Not that he wasn't last Not that he, year, yeah. but like he's noticeably come back. Yeah, more I portly. Yeah, I think, and I mean, I think they'll both work. I think they'll work it out. But I, I just think that both of these teams are sort of you expect these teams to be like high 50s, maybe even to the 60s, because they're just going to win games that you should win. You're supposed to win. They're going to eke out wins. Um, I, I, I'd love the Jazz, man. I don't know what else to say. I, <laughs> I, think, want, I think that's. A good I want Dante point. to come back and get healthy and try and get into that rotation. I don't know. That, that's a problem. He probably won't be able to because the Emmanuel Moutier has been yeah, good. But so by the same token, they're rewarding Royce, Royce Neal. He's not a scorer by any stretch. No, definitely not. They don't need him to defend. Be. Yeah, and that's something that, Dante maybe can that's do, Dante's so pigeonhole. Who knows? Now. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. He is like the famous James Harden stopper. But anyway. Mate, your bulls look terrible. I'll just yeah, say that quickly. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. they do look terrible. <laughs> Kobe White, though. Kobe yeah, White. he scored a lot of points the other day. Anywho, we're back to a cut. You've been tuned in. My name is Josh Mateo here with Matt Beatty. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, whatever floats your boat. Get on it. Until next week. Peace.